You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. O oh Lord our God, we bless you. We bless your name. Your name is full of power. Your name is strength. It's a strong tower. In it we have rest. Lord, we bless your name. We give you thanks. Thank you for the Savior. Thank you for the gift of salvation. It's for that reason we stand here today singing about Mary. Lord, we pray for our loved ones who are yet to come to this saving knowledge. That you will use us to bring them in. In the name of Jesus Christ. Each one of us will become a Philip. We'll go bring in our brothers and our sisters in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask as I speak your word this morning that my tongue indeed will be like that of a ready writer. Writing into the hearts of your children what is written in your word. Not my words, but yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Shall we sit? Good morning, church. I feel very excited to be here today. Last Sunday of this decade. It feels good. It feels good. Really good. You know, I was flipping through um, a number of pictures on my phone. One I actually saved in the course of the year. Um, you know, Facebook has a way of reminding you of pictures you posted a long time ago. And it brought back a picture I took at the beginning of this decade. I look like a village farmer. <laughs> I looked at that picture. You know, he said, do you want to share? Or I said, no, I'm not sharing. Let me just save to device. <laughs> Maybe I have the boldness to share it at some point. But God has been good. I've seen movements. God has been good. I'm sure if you look back to, you will agree with me, God has been good. Maybe this is not where you plan to be. Some of us didn't even have any plans. No, be, be sincere with yourself. Look back. Exactly 10 years ago, did you know for sure that you would have accomplished the things you accomplished within the last 10 years? Did you know it for sure? It was the Lord ordering your steps. All those prayers counted. All those givings counted. All those fastings counted. All those retreats counted. Looking back, we know that God has been faithful. If there is no message today, you can go home with that. If you will not remember any other thing today, you can go on with that. Our God is faithful. He's the one who keeps his word. He said, I will be with you. And he has been with you. If you look back, truly, he has been with you. Maybe some people have left. Maybe some things have dropped. But if you do the balance, the things that you lost and the things that you gain, you're on the positive side. If you will put them in the right places in the ledger, you are in the positive side. Great is your faithfulness, O oh Lord. This is not the Thanksgiving part of today's service. Thanksgiving is in second service. And I encourage us to do it with a heart of gratitude. Hallelujah. This morning, we continue with our series on the close relatives of the Lord Jesus Christ. Last week, Pastor P is in the house. Pastor P did justice to the man in the house, Joseph. 
How many of us were here? You know, it's a message that is still, you know, reverberating in my mind. I took three things from that message. Joseph was a considerate man. And, you know, he expatiated on how that played out in him not wanting to make a public example of her or to legitimately initiate a death penalty. And it was within his right so to do. But he declined. He waived that right. This is one thing that God has dealt with me with for a couple of years now. I used to be that kind of person. It's my right. I don't like people cheating me. I don't like it. So anything that is my right, I want to hold it. At some point, when I encounter this man, I know that there are times that something is your right. But you have a right to waive it. So I chose the second one. I started learning how to choose the second one. Especially when I have a nudge that remember mercy. So Joseph was a considerate man who remembered mercy, even though it was his right. Another thing we see about the man Joseph was that he was a man who could hear God. Not only hear, but obeyed. Pastor P mentioned that he was not a man who said many things. Maybe we will not find anything he said in scriptures. But he was a man who did many things. Things ordered by God. Maybe you, you, you don't get it. In the generation where Joseph lived, it was not normal to be hearing God. Remember after the, the New Testament books, there's space. So there was a period of about 400 years that nobody was hearing nada from God. Hello? This man was hearing from God. As in, very frequently, he heard, okay, this thing you are considering, this is what you should do. Take R. Okay. This is the name. Okay. It's time to run. Run. He ran. Oh, it's time to go back. Go back. Even when he came back and he was wondering, which city do I go to? I, I know that the man reigning now is the son of Herod. Even though Herod has died. Uh, maybe he left an instruction that they should clear the accounts. The Bible said the angel of God also instructed him in a dream to say, hey, go to Nazareth as it was prophesied. So he was a man that could hear God. Give us men that we hear God, O oh Lord. If the men that we have today hear God the way Joseph was hearing God, there will be less mistakes. There will be times you will not say, ah, Shebi is, is the son of God. Let them come and kill him now. They will kill him. He was a baby. They will kill him. It's not men who want to rationalize every word of God. Say, ah, no, this cannot be God. How can God say I should run? Run. When this is the savior of the world. Let them come and kill him. I'm in my house. Come and beat me. You know all those things we say on, on social media. No, no, no. He heard God say, even though this does not make theological sense, God running, I'm going to obey. Hallelujah. The number three thing that I picked from the message is that he was a man who was consistent with his career. He was not known as carpenter, blacksmith, ghostsmith, wordsmith, uh, blogger, vision, uh, you know, if you check people's bio on social media, <laughs> you go tired. Only you, five disciplines. I know you are multi-talented. When you die, let us choose which one we will know you for. And only you can make that decision today. He was known as a carpenter. She came on. They didn't say whether he was the best carpenter in town. 
or was the worst carpenter, but he was good enough to train Jesus to be a carpenter. He was consistently a cap. He was a man of focus. A man who had good balance of family, faith, and his finance or career. His faith, he was consistent with God. Many people think that maybe it's just one old school person. No, Mary and Joseph were not these old school people. They are regular people like you and I today. If they were probably here, they'd probably also be on Instagram too. They were regular everyday people. Like a regular uh, startup guy, all this tech startup. Man was, you know, doing his own business. He was an entrepreneur. I don't know what business you are doing. He was just an entrepreneur on his own. I hope I'm relating to you. He was just a regular guy trying to make ends meet. I don't know, maybe he did NYC and there was no job. And he said, well, I can nail wood together. Let me start my life. And after doing it for a while, he said, I think I need help. Let me go find a babe. And talked to her, and I found one Mary living in my village, and she agreed, and we went to her house. We didn't have everything to put in the long list they gave us, but we did the best we could. And you see that example when they were going to dedicate Jesus. There's an upper list, there's a lower list. He could afford the lower list. He brought the lower list of doves. He was a man who was in control of many things. So, they are not just very strange people. And even Mary, Mary is just the regular sister that you will see around now. She was young, at least that we know for sure. She was young. If she was in church, maybe she would be in 412. She would be in 412. How do I know? She's single, ready to mingle, right? She could be in 412 in church. But she did it with a difference. There was a prophecy. There's been a prophecy, Isaiah 714, that the Lord himself will give you a sign, and this is the sign, a virgin shall be with child. And when she gives birth to the son, they will call his name Emmanuel. The prophecy was there. Everybody knew it. Even Herod knew about it. Herod, he knew, the Pharisees, the teachers of the, they knew about it. When the wise men did not return, he called them, oh boy, where did they say they would give birth to that Messiah? They, they had the answer. It was common knowledge. Lord, help me. That is the thing with prophecy. You know, when prophecy goes out, especially a prophecy that does not have address, read your Bible, it says, a virgin. If it be you, a virgin. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear his son and shall call his name Emmanuel. A virgin. If it be you. The prophecy was hovering all over the place for decades, looking for who that virgin is. It will not land on everybody. It will only land on the prepared vessel. There are many prophecies that are hanging around, just lying fallow. You know, recently, a general went to be the Lord. How many of us heard about Rena Bonke going to be with the Lord? What I know is that those anointings are not needed in heaven. They are anointed to win millions of souls. They are not needed in heaven. Hello? Somebody must catch it. They will not put an address on the name of the person that will catch it. It has to be the person who is prepared. So Mary was prepared. She was ready. She had the qualities to attract the favor of God. When the angel Gabriel came to her, he said, hey, woman, thou art 
highly favored of the Lord. She had attracted something. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm talking too much. Let's go to the scriptures. Luke chapter 1. Where do I even start from? Okay, I'll start from 26. I'll read a long one. I'm not sure there's going to be enough time today, so I'm just going to read as much as I can and explain as God gives us grace and time. I read from verse 26. Luke chapter 1. I like this Luke account. Now in the six months, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. In having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. She was not highly favored because her name was Mary. No. There were many Marys at the time that this particular Mary was alive. Hello? I, I want to believe that Mary was a very popular name. If you start counting, okay. This Mary, the mother of Jesus. There's Mary from Magdala. The one we have started calling Mary Magdalene. There's um, Mary, the, um, the wife of Cleopas. A relative of even this Mary. Right? Another Mary. Mary, the, brought, the sister of Lazarus. She? There are many Marys. And the, that Mary Amata, the brother of Lazarus. There are many, it's not because her name is Mary. By the way, Mary is not a very good name. If you understand the Hebrew meaning, that's not where we are going. I know some of us are married, so I will stop there. <laughs> I will stop there. So, I'm saying it's not because her name is Mary. There is something else. Let's go on. 29. But when she saw him, you know, this thing I like about angels, angels like doing hide and seek. An angel can be in this place and we will not see him. They are not getting it. He said, when she saw him, he was there now. He, he talked. I, read the verse before. The angel just talked. Hello? Can you go to, and the angel came in unto her. Angel came in and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. The next verse. And when she saw him, <laughs> they will just be there. As we are in church now. And that's why I pity people that are not sensitive when they are in church. Angels can be here. You may not see. Does not mean that they are not there. This same thing happened to Zechariah. The angel was there. Until Zechariah appeared. He was there before. But it was not apparent. So be careful. The house of the Lord is a place that angels regularly frequent. Why? Because it's the house of prayer. What did they do? They are messengers that bring answers. So when you come into church, do it with reverence. And that's why it beats me that we are comfortable coming late. Maybe one day angel will just slap somebody. God forbid. Because angels came before you. And you still came. You are pressing phone. You are going up and down. Say, who are these people? This is not how we do in heaven. That will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. When we stand in the presence of God, everybody is standing in reverence. That's not my message. Okay, let's go on. Before I start preaching another message today. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered one manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. 
Pastor P also mentioned this last year. Anytime you see angel, you have to be afraid. <laughs> there is something about them. Maybe it's the stature. Maybe it's the, the light. The Bible says they are you know, made from light. Maybe it's the light. I don't know. But there is something intimidating about their physical appearance. She was not afraid before. But when, when she saw him, she said, ah, I have to behave myself now. Angel said, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. Accurate. And shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And he just answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the eyes will overshadow you. Therefore also that only one who is to be born will be called the son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing would be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. My first temptation when I read this uh, verse, again yesterday while preparing, was to compare what happened to her and what happened to Zechariah. A few verses earlier, same thing. Zechariah was in the house of God doing his normal duty. Doing his normal duty and an angel of God was there and he did not know. And when he was done, the angel appeared to him, made himself visible and said, Hey, uh, priest, do you know that you're going to have a son? Your wife is going to conceive? Uh-huh. Let's, let's hear exactly what words Zechariah used so that this comparison is clear. Verse 18. We know the story very well. Am I correct? I, I don't want to go into all the details because of time. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Listen to verse 34. Mary. Then Mary said to the angel, How can these things be since I do not know a man? Their responses seem to be similar. At least on the surface. Until you start digging deeper. And if you will compare what Zechariah did and what Gideon did in Judges uh, chapter 6 and 7, you will see that their pattern is along the same way. Two things. Two things to bring from them. There is a time not to ask this kind of question when you are relating with God. There's a time to ask this question and nothing will happen to you. There's a time that my child will come and slap me. I will not do anything. That I, I will not do anything. A three-year-old comes, daddy, pam. Nothing. There's a time your 18-year-old child will come and slap you and something will happen. The same child. He will ask an ear. Let him hear. There are cadres and ladders in the spirit. The things that you should have outgrown, if you are found doing it at that level, you will get a cane for it. The things you have done now, and you got away with it. 
Nothing happened. You did it. Eh? God should have done something. He didn't do anything. He left you. You're a child. There's babe. There's child. There's son. There's elder. Look at you. This man was a priest. He was asking the angel Gabriel. Listen to what Gabriel said. <laughs> I love this. I love this angel. <laughs> After reading 18. Okay, I read 18 again. As the Christ said to the angel, how shall I know this? That is, you need to give me a sign. I need to be sure what you're talking about. For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Verse 19. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel. <laughs> I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you this glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not be able to speak. You're asking for a sign now. That's the sign. Until the day these things take place. Because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. Unbelief at this level was something that would not be tolerated. Say, me... I'm a servant of God. I stand in God's presence. You, you are, you are a bloody priest. And I have been sent. And you, you do not believe me? You're asking for a sign? At your age, in the spirit, you're asking for a sign? The Jews, they love sign. The Greeks, they like reasoning. But the believers, it's here. He says it, we put faith, we run. It makes sense, it doesn't make sense, we run. He was telling the angels, I, I know you, you stand before a big God, but you know what? God is late. This message, if it had come 20 years ago, maybe I would not have asked this question. You have come very, very late. I'm already too old. My wife is already too old. I won't be probably gone. So what are you talking? I need a sign. Yeah, you need a sign. I will give you one. That your mouth. You should not talk again. And let's see how you continue to argue with me. There are times God shuts up people so that they can focus on what is important. With his mouth, he would have ruined that baby from coming to it. That baby was too important than his mouth. He closed his mouth. Keep quiet! We all tend to ask that same question. So Mary innocently also asked, Oga Gabriel, I didn't say you are lying, you know, but you are missing one detail. I'm a virgin. I don't know a man yet. Maybe Mary is not the only person saying this subconsciously. I feel that there's a Mary in every one of us. Forget about the literal meaning of virgin for now. And look at virginity in this sense to be Something I've not done before. Can we agree on that? Literally, she's saying, I've not done it before. Maybe if I was married, maybe if I've had two children, the angel comes and says, you're going to have a son. It's more believable. Hello? It's more believable. Say, oh, you're going to have a son. Okay, no problem. Eh, I, I think that's possible. It's doable. No. Say, that thing you have not done before, you are going to do it. You have not given birth before. Forget the process. I know many of us, our minds are going to several places now. I'm not talking about the process. I'm talking about the product. The product is a child. 
Hello? And that's where we miss it. We focus too much on the process that we forget about the promise. You are asking and calculating for this promise to be fulfilled, I must go through this process. Who told you you must go through that process? Hello? There are certain life processes. There are those that the Lord truncates by miracle. And this was a miraculous birth. So, in our, in our minds, we ask many questions. How can these things be? In my family, nobody has had an MBA before. How can this, you are a virgin in that area. The whole family is virgin in that area. In my family, nobody has gone abroad before. Nobody has entered plane before. You are virgin in that area. Hello? This qualification, this icon, whatever it is called, in your respective disciplines, nobody in my family has got it before. You are a virgin there. You are in her shoes. In my family, nobody has ever completed a house. They will build it, get to Lintu and stop. You are a virgin there. Maybe in my family, nobody has married. You are a virgin there. So there is that area of your life that you are a virgin. You have not done it before. Let's see what Mary did. After the angel explained, said, let it be unto me according to your word. What you have said may not make sense to me, but I believe it. We limit God with our human limitations. We don't remember that our God's ability transcends our logical limitations. You're not the first. Um, Second Kings, I think six and seven, that economic advisor. You remember the time there was hardship, there was depression. The Bible says the Syrians laid a siege, they closed border. <laughs> the Syrians, they laid, they laid a siege on Samaria. It's like closing border now. Nobody could come in or go out. I don't know when they are opening our own border too. So there was economic hardship. Serious economic hardship. People were trading babies to have a meal. The king was walking on the wall and he overheard two women arguing. Why are you arguing? Saying, me and I, we had a deal. Uh, we said, okay, uh, I will cook my son today. And eat. Then tomorrow we will cook our own. I will sign paper. Then she now duped me. <laughs> After we ate my own, she refused. She hit, the Bible said she hit our own. <laughs> Even in this depression, people are duping each other. Hello, have you been duped in church before? Don't be shy. They are duping people. Four one nine request. <laughs> Don't let me go there. So it was tough. And the king said, today, we must kill the prophets. There's a prophet in this town, and this nonsense is happening. We must kill the prophet. Bible says, Elisha knew beforehand, as usual. He said, don't worry. By this time tomorrow, everything will be normal. In fact, all the prices will crash. Like saying, they will sell a bag of rice for 40 naira. <laughs> That's the feeling. That's the feeling. So, the economic advisor of the king said, Abba, prophet, Abba, Abba, Abba. If if they open all the windows of heaven, come on. Don't give us voodoo economics. Say, hey, don't worry. It will happen, 
But you'll be part of it. So, sometimes we want to reason it. It cannot happen. It cannot happen. But it happened. It happened. Because the God we serve is not limited by those limitations we have. At all, it's not limited. Say, how can 300 men, Gideon, judges, how can 300 men defeat this numberless army? The Bible said you cannot count the number of Amalekites and Midianites that came to fight against them. They were that many. And he was happy before. He had thousands too. God said, mm, of this your thousand. I think some people are afraid. Okay, tell them, anybody who is afraid, go home. 22,000 went home. <laughs> he remained 10,000. So out of the 10,000, these people are still too many. If they do it, they will think it's their power. Tell them, those who can lap water like a dog. Only those who qualify. Only 300 qualify. By that time, Gideon's leave are caught. So it's like, God is setting me up. <laughs> God is setting me up. But God had a different plan. And, and that's the next key. The first key we've been talking about is faith. Faith. Mary said, it doesn't make sense. But let it be unto me, according to your word. As you have said it, I believe it. I may not be able to explain it to another person. And I'm sure you will understand with Mary. There is no way of explaining what she was told to another person that would make sense. If it was me, it would not make sense to me. If I was Joseph... It don't make sense to me. I don't want to go into that analysis this morning. We will not finish. So, at that point, our faith was on the line. And I don't know how many of us listened to the message um, that a senior pastor preached a couple of months back about how to attract divine favor. He talked about three things, if you remember. Faith was one of them. The second one is humility. And uh, I think honor. Yeah? Honor. So, here, she was attracting divine favor by faith. We'll go to the next point. The next point is what I've called spiritual partnership. Hello? Somebody say spiritual partnership. Anytime God gives you something this big, he knows that you'll be afraid. So what does he do? He prepares backup for you. Not a substitute but an enabler. It gives you an enabler. How many of us remember Moses and his excuses? God called Moses. He said, Moses. He said, sir. Moses, sir. How many times did I call you? Three times. Get up now. That place you ran away from, you will go back there and bring my people out. Sir. <laughs> oh, God, sir. <laughs> you know, when I be the city fire, I was attracted. But now, this thing you have said, I think you have found the wrong man. He gave all sorts of excuses. Eh, number one, who am I? God said, eh, it doesn't matter who you are. What matters is that I'm with you. He said, eh, but even me, I don't know you. If they ask me, who sent me? Who will I say? Who are you? Say, I am that I am. He said, I don't have a relationship with you. They may not believe me. Say, I am that I am. Just tell them that. Say, eh, but what if they don't what if I tell them and they don't believe? Say, leave that to me. By the time I do all my signs, they will believe. He kept on going. Last, last. Say, God, find somebody else. You know, I can't talk. 
Moses can look for excuse. Please check with me Exodus chapter 4 verse 14. Say, I can't talk. Because I know you. I'm the one that created the mouths. I know your limitations. Don't think I'm stupid. I know you're a virgin. Before I say you will give birth to a son, I know. It was not edited out of my memory. I know it. Say, so, uh, hey, but God said, I, I know you have a brother who can talk well. His name is Aaron. When I read that place, I feel like God is too much. God knows everybody and our sorts. He knows your strengths, your weaknesses. So, I know you have a brother. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and said, it's not Aaron the Levite that brother. I know he can speak well. God knows that you can sing well. You're not getting it. That ability you have. I'm not sure anybody had complimented Aaron. That Aaron, you speak well. So don't wait until somebody is complimenting you. God knows that that ability is there. He put it there. And the day he will use it, he will call you out. Aaron, the only thing that qualified him for the job was because he could speak well. Not because he was anointed. And we know later how he goofed. <laughs> it was because he can speak well. That thing you know how to do, continue to do it. God is preparing for the day that it is that single thing that you are not mindful of that will put you in the palace. He said, Aaron will help you. So that partnership helped Moses to succeed. If you read that Judges chapter 7, very well, there's no time. You will see when Gideon was so afraid. Maybe I should just read a few uh, uh, verses there. Um, Okay, 7 verse 9 to 14. Judges chapter 7. Make a quick read. Okay. So this was Gideon. He had 300 men left. It happened on the, I'm reading from 9. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered it unto your hand. Pay attention to verse 10. But if you are afraid to go down, this is God, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant, and you shall hear what they say. Afterward, your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Pura, his servant, to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp. Now the Midianites and Amalekites, all the people of the east, were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number as the sand by the seashore in multitude. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling the dream to his companion. He said, I had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. He came to the tent and struck it. So that he fell overturned and the tent collapsed. Then his companion answered and said, This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Josh, a man of Israel. Into his hand, God had delivered the Midian and the whole camp. I mean, God knows that Gideon will not be able to go alone. He said, Go with somebody. When Mary was afraid and wondering, How can this thing be? Guess what the angel said? There is somebody in your neighborhood that I've just done something extremely spectacular to. Go and meet her for tutorials. You didn't hear that? That thing that seems impossible, 
that God is asking you to do. There's somebody that has gone ahead of you that can give you tutorials. Don't go and meet the person that will tell you to abort it. Lord, help me. The time that Angel Gabriel went to meet um, Moses, I mean Mary, it was the sixth month of the pregnancy of Elizabeth. By the way, Elizabeth was hiding for five months. When you get to read the whole of chapter one. In the sixth month, Angel came to Mary. I said, Mary, go quickly. Go and meet this woman. She will help you. Mary stayed with her for three months. Hello? After three months, she must have accepted her faith. You know, there's a way you can get pregnant, and this is literal now. Because you want to run away from people, because you want to abort it. You run somewhere, take care of it, and come back. It don't happen before now. Why are we looking like it? We don't know. We know what I'm talking about. Yeah. She could have gone there to her relative and said, mm, this thing doesn't make sense though. You better end it here now. Before they will stone you. No. The Bible says the moment Mary entered the house, number one thing, she packed her back and left in the haste. The moment she entered the house, there was something as she entered, the Bible says, as she greeted, something happened in Elizabeth's womb. You know, they prophesied about the son, John, that he will be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. This is the day it was going to be fulfilled. The moment she entered the house and said, hello, I don't know what language they were speaking, whatever it was, she entered the house, something happened, there was a chain reaction. The baby in the womb leapt, boom! The Holy Spirit entered in. Why? Because the one without measure was inside the person coming. They needed to connect. As they connected, Elizabeth began to prophesy. Repeating the words that the angel spoke. Thou blessed woman, what kind of honor do I have that the mother of my Lord will come into my house? And she started speaking about what she did not hear. There was no internet. She didn't see it on Facebook. She didn't know she was pregnant. She was supposed to be a virgin betrothed. There is something that comes up when we harness spiritual energy. And that's why the Bible says the prayer of the righteous availeth much. Imagine everybody coming with substance and we come here to pray and you think it will go unaided. No! There is a lot of energy that is released. When we align. So when John the Baptist was speaking about Jesus and said, see, me, I'm baptizing with water. The one who will baptize with Holy Ghost and fire is coming. He was speaking from experience. Because he was baptized in the womb by Holy Ghost and fire. Be careful who you go to meet when you hear the impossible about your future. There are some you go to say, let's abort it. Let's just team up and abort it. This cannot happen. Some will say, yes, I had a confirmation in my spirit. They are friends like that. I know we have left all those things and called them old school. Prayer partner. I know we have left it. No wonder we are like this. When you hear a word that, that is not making you sleep, you, hear, you, you know it's from God. Who are you going to talk to? You go to Google and ask. Is it possible to do blah, blah, blah. What will Google tell you? What will he tell you? 
Google doesn't know. It's not operating in that realm. There are fields. Spiritual things are spiritually descend. Shall we rise? My time is up. I don't have to finish my notes. Spiritual things, if you will not take anything into 2020, please take this point. Faith will take you to where reasoning will never take you. Faith in God will take you to where no connection. Say, I don't know a man. It's not a man you need. It's God you need. It will take you to a place that every connection you have, every qualification you have can never take you. I'm not saying what I don't know. I told you I looked like a village farmer 10 years ago. I'm not saying what I don't know. And this other one, spiritual partnership, the people you relate with today will give me an indication of where you'll be next 10 years. That's it. If it's the people that will sharpen your iron, you will be sharper in next 10 years. I don't want you to see that you are entering a year. I want you to see that you are entering a decade. Have that mindset. As you begin to pray for faith, begin to pray that you overcome unbelief. If you will overcome unbelief, the Bible says, for those who believe, nothing shall be what? 